is a hot dog. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, you ready? I'm ready. Is a hot dog a sandwich? You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, 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 what is up, guys? And welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast. This is an exciting episode for many reasons. And the first reason is sitting right here with me across the nation. His name is Griffin. How you doing, man? What's up? Dude, okay. All right, so a little fun fact for everyone who's been following Grace Nation for like the past year. People who who have listened to a, the majority of our podcast, these are for like the OG listeners, all right? This is the one-year anniversary of when we started Grace Nation Minute, or Grace Nation, bringing Grace and Nation's podcast. I don't even know the name of my own show. And guess who was on? That first episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast. Yeah, Guess who it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yours you know, truly. You know it was Griffin, the hottest up-and-coming hip-hop artist. You know, you know what it is. So, you know that's right. I, I just thought it was only right. Is only it was only the right move to have him on the on this podcast a year later, since. Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast has grown exponentially. I mean, I think that first episode might have like 40 listens and it's probably like my mom 40 different times. You know what I mean? And now, <laughs> all right, now we're peaking at like 6,000 listens and you finally get to have your voice heard, even though you've been on a ton of different episodes since. So welcome and, and be humbled by this opportunity that I'm giving you. Um, because I'm just exercising my pride at this point. It's true. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so Griffin, I need you to explain what today's episode is going to be about. We've uh, we've been talking a little bit about this kind of behind the scenes for the past, I don't know, like 30 minutes to an hour. What are we going to be talking about today? I'm super excited for this episode. Why don't you introduce it? So today we're going to be talking about a specific kind of religion, whatnot, uh, and today we're going to talk about a specific kind of worldview that we call Bible lenses, which is how we use our own preconceived notions of theology to interpret scripture and some of the pitfalls that come from having either a bad Bible lens or an overemphasis on your Bible lens. Right, exactly. And and this is like, I, I don't want, this is not just for pastors or ministers, like everyone, regardless of how how you know old you are in the face no matter how long you've been a christian everyone has a bible lens like i think we need we need to get that clear um, yeah it's almost another way you could think about it is like a bible bias almost right exactly of, of like just your your preconceived notions and how they influence how you read scripture right exactly and they're inherently they're not bad like god has given us bible lenses to help us interpret scripture and the amazing thing is, is he's given different people different lenses, and so we can pull 40 things out of scripture 
and out of, you know, a passage of scripture rather than, you know, one or two things. Like God has given us Bible lenses and they're to be utilized, right? And they're not, they're so, we're not like, this is not like an inherently bad thing. We're not like out here rebuking a bunch of people for, you know, what, what they're believing or how they're reading the Bible. But there are some dangers that kind of, t- <laughs> we know what you're talking. I'm sitting down. I can't stand up. I tried to stand up guys and it just, it just didn't work. So. I'm back in my chair because I'm old. I'm going to throw out my back. So. Sounds about right. But yeah, so Griffin, if you had to tell me like what your Bible lens is, like you've grown up, so you're in a, you're in a you know, special kind of category here just because you've grown up in a Christian school, like you've had Christian education, you've gone through Christian college, you have your bachelor's degree in theology. And so if you had to, you know, take all of your experience in the Bible, all of your, you know, what you've learned through the Bible and just base it down to one thing, your lens that you read through the Bible to give people an example about what, we, what we're talking about, what would you say your lens is and why? Uh, my lens is actually love, um, which is hilarious because I'm a, I'm a robot man, but you know, um, <laughs> but I, I view a lot of scripture through the motivation of God's love. Um, and so when I see things happen, I, I, I look at, I see God's character and I see all of God's movements um, and every action of his and fully encapsulating all of his character. Uh, but when I look at the why, when I look at the why of what God does throughout all of history, I find the motivating um, factor to be love. Mm. And so I, I base a lot of my theology and a lot of my scripture interpretation off of that foundational concept and then kind of move forward from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's great. That's uh, that's, I mean, love. I mean, you can't get you can't get cooler than that, right? Um, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so mine specifically, I've grown up. Uh, so I grew up in the church. I grew up. I went to Christian school for five years in elementary school. I had kind of a, a little like a foundation built for me there. I then went to Christian college, and I'm still going through Christian college, studying to be a pastor. And I would have to say that my lens after I've read, you know, like I had to read Wayne Grudem, so did you, Griffin. But my lens that, that I think I see in Scripture, uh, that how I see God in Scripture is I see God's sovereignty everywhere. Um, that, is, that is just through my upbringing, through my theological training, where I'm at now. Like I just see God's sovereignty everywhere in Scripture, littered on every page. And I absolutely love it. And so that's why I, like, I'm naturally drawn to certain passages. I, I just am. Like the book of Job is possibly one of my favorite books. Um, same thing with Ecclesiastes. Like a lot of these books were where God's sovereignty is so evident. Like, like I'm, just, I'm just drawn to. And the really cool thing about this lens is that it's not just like it's the way I read the Bible. But it, and, and this is I want to know if this is the same thing with you, Griffin. But I see this overflow into my life as well. And so when I'm going through, you know, work, my daily chores, my work in school, like it helps me see God's sovereignty in everyday things, not just in the Bible, but it kind of overflows into, into my everyday life. And I, and Griffin, for you, since like yours is love, like how much, how much more are you able to see, you know, God's love in your everyday life? Oh, so much, man. And it it helps me love people better. Hmm. Um, which is something that, you know, it's a little hard for me sometimes. And so, you know, to, to have that focus, that theological focus really kind of helps me to uh, try to try to have some sympathy and uh, even some empathy for, for just my, my fellow 
brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, and just all the people in the world, just to think that, you know, if God, if God loves these people so much, I need to, I need to work to love them as, as well. Right. And then, um, and then I can just see that love displayed uh, in so many lives, and it's just awesome. Yeah. No, see, like, that's awesome. Like, and, and I think that's the way it's meant to be, right? At least, at least in a healthy sense. Like, well, you have to think about it from this perspective that we are finite beings working to study, understand, and have a relationship with an infinite God. Right. And in reality, that's kind of impossible. Right. And so the way that the Lord has given us to kind of kind of have an ability to kind of work through this process is to give us these foundational concepts to be like, okay, you're, you're, you, Victor, are going to focus on my sovereignty. And from that, you can build an understanding of who I am. Right. Because I'm going to give you a, a piece. Right, um, exactly. And now, and just because, you know, the focus of mine is love doesn't mean that I don't see God's sovereignty, God's wrath, God's justice, God's righteousness. Like, I see all of these things and understand that they're there. And when I read scripture, I see those as well. But it's just that the concept of love has really helped me build a fuller understanding around which who God is. Now, it doesn't mean that, I, that, that love is more important than God's right, attributes. Right. I know that it's not. I know that all of God's attributes work together um, equally. Uh, God's not more loving than he is holy. You know, right. he, he's equally all of those things. But it's just from my human kind of viewpoint, I've been able to kind of help build an understanding of who God is around the concept of his love. Right. Yeah. And so like when we're talking about Bible lenses, like those are some of the things that we're talking about. I figured instead of giving you like this, like we kind of did give you like just a straight up definition, but I think for us to better understand and for you guys to better understand what we're talking about, we give those two examples. And I'll also tell a quick story. I don't know if you guys, you guys have checked out the website, grace-nation.com. You will actually have read this story on my most recent post called Bible lenses. Ironic, isn't it? But on that on that story and, and I in that story so I was a part of a a Bible study a very impactful Bible study years ago when I was in high school when I was like a freshman in high school and you know every member of that group was older than me they were all in college they were all you know very smart a lot of them were studying to be pastors and missionaries and you know do vocational ministry and it, I, I just found it amazing. Uh, just some of the ways that people in this group would read and interpret scripture. And there was one guy specifically who is now graduated uh, schooling. And I mean, the man's just a genius, but he, he did something crazy interesting. We would be reading the most loving, gracious, you know, like spirit filled passage, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his son, you know, like we, like John three sixteen, and, and he would read that passage and somehow, some way be able to be like, yes, and this is why you're condemned to hell. And I was like, whoa, like I'd always get caught back by it. Like why, like how do you pull that from God so loved the world he gave his one and only son? And uh, again, like we said, like this is not a bad thing. Like he was reading scripture and what he would say is truth pulled from that scripture. And it's stuff that people like you and me need to know and need to hear you know, exegeted and pulled from that passage of scripture. Yeah. But that's an especially dangerous lens. And we're going to get into some of the dangers of have of these lenses when we allow these man-made systems to kind of yeah. dictate our theology. And so that's just another, that's just another example. So he, he read the Bible and he read scriptures through God's justice, right? And his desire to see justice. And he's a just God. And that's a part, like, that's perfectly true. It's a perfectly right statement. Like Absolutely. he's not yeah. wrong. Like God is a just God. He's holy, demanding perfection, right? Yeah. 
Um, there's, uh, there's definitely one, one disclaimer I want to make about Bible interpretation from the, from the perspective of, of Bible lenses, is that, you know, from this conversation, a lot of people could maybe think that they can go read the Bible and be like, well, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of God's wrath here. Right. Um, when, in fact, that's not the intended purpose of the passage. Um, so we have to be careful when interpreting Scripture when we apply our Bible lenses, that we have to first be like, all right, what is the author trying to say? to his audience, and then what can we pull from that? Right, exactly. Instead of being like, oh, every passage of the Bible is being like, oh, this is there's his justice. God's love. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Oh, there's his justice right there. Like, we have to be, we have to be cautious. Yeah, and I think when, when we dive into these dangers, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things when we allow our lens to, to interpret Scripture for us, that's one of the products that we get. Uh, absolutely. So, like we said, there are dangers. So Griffin, what what are some of the dangers of of, ha- of just Bible lenses in general? They they just come with a fallen sin nature. There are dangers involved with them. What are some of the dangers? Uh, one of the dangers is instead of having your Bible lens be a foundational scriptural truth, having your Bible lens be a man made system. Mm. Uh, and so some people's Bible lens is and I. You know, this isn't the only one. There are so many, but my first thought goes to the Reformed school of thought, is that that is an entire enormous lens and system through which people read Scripture. Right. And uh, while it's not inherently a bad thing, it can be incredibly dangerous when you apply a man-made system to the Bible, which is a divinely written book. Right. Um, this can lead to an incorrect view of the Bible, of God, and even possible heresy because you are taking, you are reading divine scripture through a lens that is man-made instead of creating your lens through what's in scripture. Right, exactly. Um, and and I, I love what you said about that. And I'll even tell a quick story about when I was, so I went to school uh, in Florida and there, like we were just, and even in my, when I was growing up in church, uh, through, you know, what I was being taught in church at the school when I was, when I was young in elementary school, like I was just taught dispensational theology. That was just, that was just the very, like, it was just the accepted lens of, of, of teaching in, in where I was growing up. And I, I started reading the Bible on my own and I started interpreting it on my own and not kind of relying on like schooling or, you know, like all these other system people people placing all these systems on me. I just started reading the Bible and I begun to see that when I saw dispensationals teach their theology, it seemed to be more of them placing their theology on scripture rather than allowing the scriptures to dictate their theology. And so when I begun to see that, I was like, that's not the way the Bible was intended to be read. That's not the way the Bible is supposed to be read. So what do I do now? And so I started studying more, I started studying more, I started studying more, and I came up to my to a conclusion that I eventually found out was called covenantal theology. And so and and that's the way that that I think scripture is intended to do. And now I'm not saying covenantal theology is like 100% all all in all, you know, all in all being all like the end like that's not what i'm saying here i would much rather you be dispensational and having derived it completely from scripture rather than being covenantal but applying that system to scripture you see what i'm saying and so yeah, 100%. and so i think i think we have to be uh, careful when we see those things and it definitely can lead to an incorrect view of the bible and a higher view of man which is idolatrous tell me so that's the that's the second danger idolatry so kind of talk to me about like, okay, 
How does the idolatry play into this? Are we looking at a higher view of ourselves, a higher view of church figures? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, idolatry is, is simply putting anything before God and putting anything before his truth. And when we start to take either our, our we can, it, this can go beyond a biblical and go to a cultural worldview where we can look at the world we live in now and the rules that are applying to our world now and the issues that are facing our culture and the belief systems that are arising and try to apply those to scripture. And that's, that's cultural idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also just plain old people idolatry. When we start taking these theologians out of history and being like, well, this guy said this, so I'm just going to completely base all of my belief systems on that. You know, he's, he's right. convinced me. He, he, I'm, I believe him. And then just kind of, and then it just becomes, now not to say that we shouldn't read these people, not to say that we shouldn't consider everything that they say. We should. They worked hard. They're smart dudes. But to, at, at some point, there's a danger of, of idolizing them. I never, I've never liked the question, who's your favorite theologian? Yeah. I've, I've just never liked that question because every, every time somebody answers, I'm like, well, that's, that's a danger. Like, I don't know, not to say that it's bad to have a favorite theologian. You know, there's some guy you might like to read who you disagree with a lot. But you have every person that you read, you have to take with a grain of salt of this is a human person. Right, exactly. That very easily could have made a lot of mistakes right. uh, in their theology. Yeah, and I mean, I, we, and we see it today. I mean, I was at a, a camp about four years ago, again in high school, and David Platt was the speaker. Okay, so like for all of us high school people, like we're like, oh my goodness, like David Platt, like I love him, right? And when small group time came around, guess what the conversation was focused on? David Platt, instead of Jesus, everyone was talking about how awesome David Platt was and how, you know, how great his sermon was and how good of a preacher he is. And we didn't talk about Jesus at all. Yeah. Like how idolatrous, right? Placing a man exactly. over yeah. Jesus. And you know that David Platt would absolutely hate that. Oh, if he, he, so, he, he would, would rebuke so the crap out of us, man. Like um, he would, you know, and it, no, it's true. And he yeah. should. Right, like because it's yeah. it's not the way that he wants himself perceived, but it's also not the way like God intends us to perceive man or see other men. Yeah, but um, even beyond just the the systems, even just having you can idolize your Bible lens. Even if you have a good and true Bible lens, you can idolize it. When I start saying when I if I start reading the Bible and all I see is God's love, that's the only thing that I read when I see Scripture. I'm I'm idolizing that concept. Right. Instead of looking at scripture from a re- and saying, "I where oh I'm looking at this scripture and it's giving me something," and, and I'm seeing I'm seeing God's wrath, I'm seeing God's justice, and then I'm like, "Oh okay, it's telling me about God's love." Right. Like you you have to you have to have a, a proper priority and understanding that the Bible lens is a tool to help further understand the scriptures, not not the other way around. Right. And I I mean look at much of our heresies that we deal with today. Right. Like it usually comes from the misinterpretation of a passage of scripture to fit a cultural norm. I mean, that's how that's how most heresy is born. I mean, look at prosperity gospel and look at all these other, you know, the social gospel and all these other things that are taking cultural ideas and they're using their quote unquote biblical lens to to read scripture the way they want to read it, and that leads to heresy. So you have yep. to be really, really careful on that. True. So we, we talked about some of the dangers, all right? So it, it, some of the dangers is when we idolize it, it'll give us an incorrect view of the Bible, an incorrect view of God, especially when we are applying a man-made, a man-created system to a divinely written book. All of these yep. things are dangers. Now, I think we can 
be kind of sitting in this dangerous spot without even knowing it. Yeah. Right. I think sometimes we're just we're just clueless, and it's not our. It's it's just sin. We're just unaware of it sometimes. So Griffin, yeah. talk to me about some of the warning signs. How 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 would you encourage people to look at their life? How would you instruct people to kind of all right? Here are some of the warning signs to see if you're sitting in this dangerous area right now. Uh, I I mean the, the easiest answer is to say do what the Brians did. Um, if if you start noticing in your in your thoughts in your conversations, you start saying things like. John Calvin said, John Wesley said, my pastor said, my teacher said, when you're having, you know, uh, theological thoughts, theological conversations, um, that's, that's definitely a warning sign that yeah. you're, you're prioritizing theology rather than that one. Now, every single one of those people use scripture in their arguments, but again, you know, they could be either using the scripture out of context or have a bad interpretation, bad application. Uh, so what we have to do is what the Bereans did is look at what all these people say, go back to the scriptures ourselves and use the, the understanding that we have and the knowledge that we've been given and the wisdom that God has given us to take what they say and put it up against scripture. Right. And then, uh, so uh, when you start to use these systems as, and when they start to feel like a crutch, um, as like the only way that you can understand the Bible is through these lenses. The only way that you can have a proper understanding of the Bible is through a Reformed or Arminian or, you know, just any any sort of you know system, uh, you 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 are having a problem. You have to right. be able to look at the scripture, let the scripture influence those systems, instead of the other way around. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's so the, this this whole topic, the way that I've created it, or the way that I thought about it, was like I started with a Facebook post. I literally posted to Facebook. We do not apply our theology to the Bible. We do, we derive God's doctrine from it. I posted that to Facebook, and then I was like, I'm encouraged to write post about it. So I wrote a post about it. And then I was like, you know what? I think we should do a podcast about this too. And and eventually that that's how it got to here on this podcast. And I hope that you guys listening to some of these warning signs and, and like these are very practical warning signs. Like I would also encourage you to sit down in prayer, like ask for the Spirit's mm-hmm. wisdom, ask for the Spirit's yeah. guidance. And that's really easy for us to say and to tell you to do. But we also wanted to give you some really practical things where you can notice, you know, through the way that you talk, through your disposition, through the way that you teach, uh, that you might be sitting in one of these dangerous areas. But yes, we would encourage you to sit down and really meditate on the Bible, testing the spirits, right? Sitting sitting down with God and, and begging him to give you a, a, a lens to read scripture through that is accurate to who he is and applicable to your life to cause you to, to spread the word. Um, I think I think that's something that we should all be striving for. Um, but yeah, Griffin. Yeah. Any last words? Any? I mean, this is this is the one year anniversary of Bring Grace and Nation podcast. This is this is your one year anniversary with Bring Grace and Nation podcast, Ooh. and it's a pretty exciting day. All right. This and and season two it's might crazy. be coming to an end. So, what are your final words? It's been a wild ride, man. This mm-hmm. podcast is dope. It was so cool to, you know, I remember sitting in your a thousand degrees <laughs> closet on day one, um, trying to stumble through. You told, he called me, guys, he called me the day before this podcast. It was like, the hey, most man, garbage podcast. podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. And I was like, I hate sending me the notes. And then we hit it up and it was trash, but it was so much fun. Oh and gosh. We were dripping with sweat and I was so thirsty, but I was like, we made it happen. I, um, I got you a water. So man, yeah. 
Yeah, you can. I think you got me a sprite. Oh, even which better. Is better because you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's they get that refreshingness <laughs> up in here. <laughs> right. Um, but no, man, it's a great podcast. Um, I'm glad that so many people get to get to be blessed by it, and it's a, it's an honor to be uh be a uh, recurring visitor. Yes. No. Absolutely. We love having you. Now, um, I was reading the so I watched a video the other day, and and it was going through a list of like people who are on death row. This is taking a crazy twist. It was talking about people yeah, who were on death row, right. and and they got to order their last meal, their last meal that they would ever have. And so I wanted to ask you, off the spot, if you if you had could have one last meal here on Earth, Ooh. what would be your meal of choice? All right, so there's two schools of thought here. All oh, right, God. this is why I asked the question, just for all you <laughs> listeners. All right. With, with your last meal, okay, there's two options. You can either go with the most unattainable food on the planet that you've never tried before, that you're like, this is the most expensive, fancy thing I can think of, and I want to try it before I die. Or there is the, this is my favorite food on the planet that I've had a million times, that it is my absolute favorite thing that I want to have one more time. All right? Mm. And so it depends on, and so those are two very different concepts that, honestly, I don't know which one I would pick. Now, if I were to go say, go with the, like, I want the fanciest thing that I could ever have, it would be from the High Metro Mother episode where I wanted to have, uh, what is it, like a Wagyu beef fed lobster or something like that? Yeah. A lobster that has only been fed with, with Wagyu oh beef, gosh. like, or Kobe beef. Like, that is what I would want to have. It's just like, that's the fanciest thing I can think of. It doesn't even exist. I would make them create it before I could eat it. All right? <laughs> and then it would be amazing. Yeah. But if, uh, if, I, now if I had to pick just my absolute favorite thing on the planet, it would be tacos from Capital Tacos or a Cuban sandwich. Oh, what a good choice. I didn't even think of Capital yeah. Tacos, man. Guys, if yeah. you're in the Tampa area and you haven't gone to Capital Tacos, just leave Tampa. You don't deserve to live in Tampa. You don't deserve to, to be mm. in Florida. That's true. Um, because Capital Tacos is the spot. It is, it is the plug for sure. Okay. Now, <laughs> Griffin, last question. I'm and and th there are uh, two very different lines of thought with this question and uh, I'm interested to hear your opinion. We've had this debate before with Tyler. Okay. Okay. All right. Is a hot dog. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, you ready? I'm ready. Is a hot dog, a sandwich, a hot dog is unequivocally, unarguably, undebatably a sandwich. See, uh, we uh, we need to do a whole it's podcast. Not even a discussion. We need to do a whole podcast a on this topic because uh, we'll get Griff or we'll get Tyler in here, and we'll have you two go head to head. I'm neutral. That is a debate he will and has lost. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> last time, last time we had this debate, I think we brought up like Nietzsche philosophy and like His Aristotle. Are flimsy and circumstantial. Okay. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. Mine are um, foundational in truth, <laughs> okay, in definitions. All right. So basically, what you're saying is he is using his lens, his man-created lens, to uh, to create his argument, and you are deriving yours straight from the biblical truth that is the found that is the foundation the Bible. Oh yeah, you know what unleavened bread was? A hot dog bun. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not wrong. We're going to do... This is going to be the title of the episode. Uh, hot dog. Sandwich or not? Question mark. Who even cares about the Bible lenses? Um, no. Okay. Griffin, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Guys... Great to be back. Uh, make sure you go check out, you know, check out his socials and everything. I'll leave, I'll leave all that junk in the description. He, he has like nine followers on Instagram, so... Let's help go. help a brother out you know <laughs> guys if you haven't checked grace nation ministries out on instagram you need to because we are growing at an unmatched pace i think we we we're we've gone up close to 800 followers in the past like three weeks and so like we're growing guys make sure you drop a follow when we hit 1500 followers we're going to be doing a big study bible giveaway i'm going to be giving away about three or four study bibles so you guys want to head over there and check that out Guys, make sure you check out all of our socials. Facebook, you can message me. You can send me an email, gracenationministries at yahoo.com. Check out my website. You can read all, all the articles there. We got theology stuff. We got blogs. We got practical stuff. We got devotionals. We have an email blast. We got everything you need to be a Christian. I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait what? <laughs> uh, you need Jesus. And then we have everything Fuck you me. need after that. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We, you are beautiful, and you are one mm. of a kind. Until and next time, yes, Griffin, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking okay. to any of my listeners. Until next time, take care, and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.